everybody and welcome to a new episode of Evie's Korean Drama Podcast Show. My name is Evie, I'm your host, and I am a K-drama obsessive. So this is the show where I waffle on about all of the K-drama that I love. If you'd like to support the show, you can check out my Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Evie Korean Drama Podcast. There you will find extra podcast episodes and updates on what I'm watching at the moment. Also, just before I get started, please be warned that I do swear a little bit on this show when I get excited. And when I'm talking about K-drama, I always get excited. Alright, so I thank you very, very much for listening and let's get on with the K-drama show. Okay, so the Korean drama that I've chosen to discuss with you guys today is called Tempted, um, but it's also known as The Great Seducer. Um, So I think Tempted is more the English title, but the literal translation of the Korean title is The Great Seducer, which I honestly think is the worst title ever. And I can totally see why when this show got put up on Netflix, for example, they decided to call it Tempted instead, because it's just less douchey. (laughs) That is my opinion on that. So this is a Korean drama uh, that came out in 2018. It has 16 episodes. And I guess it, I wouldn't say it's a youth drama. Everyone in, like all the main characters in the show are within their early 20s. Um, but it's kind of, it does have a youth drama feel because I do feel like uh, the, maybe the problem, <laughs> how do I explain this? Um, it's kind of billed as a melodrama romance, but I think the melodrama comes from all these youthful characters being so fucking melodramatic about everything, you know? Like, they don't really need to be this fucking melodramatic. Like, they really cause their own problems and then they roll around and cry about it. Um, So as a, a melodrama romance, I can't like express how different this show is from say one of my favorite Korean dramas of all time which is also billed as a melodrama romance which is called Just Between Lovers and Just Between Lovers is you know it's like quiet realistic mellow you know it's actual trauma that creates those characters to be sad whilst in Tempted or The Great Seducer the characters basically are filthy rich young people who realistically shouldn't be as fucked up as they are like I feel like yeah they do come from some pretty bad home lives like they've got some broken families and stuff like that but they've also got a lot of freedom a lot of money, a lot of privilege, (laughs) a really, you know, I guess strong friendship group and support for each other. And what they basically do is dig a big fucking hole in their lives and all jump into it, bury themselves in it, and then fucking complain about how shit everything is when they literally cause every problem that they come across. So after that rant, you might be wondering um, or suspecting that I fucking hated this show, but I didn't. Um, I didn't hate it. I liked it. 
I don't know that it's good. Like, I don't know if this is a good show, but there is something about it that I thoroughly enjoyed turning my brain off and just watching it. Like, this is not the kind of Korean drama that is going to make your, like, heart heave with emotion. You're going to feel so much for these characters. Like, I feel like you're going to be mildly interested in how things kind of turn out. You're going to be, like, 100% interested in how fucking gorgeous every single person on screen is at any moment. Like, this drama is eye candy to the max both the actors and actresses are just you know they're good to look at everyone's really rich they're driving around in like sexy sport cars and wearing cool clothes and you know it's just like maybe it's an aesthetic drama like it's a drama you watch because you don't really have you know a more emotionally moving drama to watch instead so you watch this because you've had a really hard day and you want to sit on the couch and turn your brain off and look at some beautiful people doing some ugly shit um so that's kind of how i feel about it like i don't know if any of you guys have watched the American show Gossip Girl um, and I guess if you go back further than that the OC but the OC was kind of good in my opinion <laughs> but Gossip Girl for me was like you know it's a really overly dramatic over-the-top show about really rich people who have such privileged lives and don't really have proper proper problems but sort of constantly are getting in these awful dramas and creating these problems anyway and you know I think there's a certain allure about watching that kind of show and I guess that's what kept me watching this one I mean I literally watched it to the end and it's not like it's a heavily plotted show it's not like I desperately needed to like find out how it ended but in the end I guess I got invested enough to be kind of interested in seeing what would happen and weirdly enough by the time we got to the end of this show I felt I mean I wasn't invested in the characters but I did feel oddly satisfied with kind of the big emotional climax of the show which is you know when all the secrets come out and everyone is like you know stripped bare and have to deal with the consequences of what they've done and I think that's one of the things that I liked most about this show is that realistically most of the main characters are absolute fucking villains they are awful awful toxic terrible disgusting people and by the time the drama gets to its end you know our main most toxic disgusting dude who's the main character like he really has to face the consequences of what he's done and I really liked that um I love that he doesn't just fall in love and get off scot-free. Like, I love that he really, he really has to suffer and he has to grow as a human being and he has to become a better person before he's sort of allowed to keep going. He understands that what he did was bad and I really enjoyed that. I just really, yeah, I really liked the consequences. Um, I, I kind of felt like it was a satisfying arc and I felt... Yeah, I just felt really satis satisfied by the ending of this show. Um, in saying that, nothing major happens. Like, it's not a major show. There was no plot twist that satisfied me. Like, you know what's going to happen. Like, there's half the time in this show the plot doesn't even make any fucking sense anyway <laughs> so all right I'm gonna talk to you a little bit about the history of this story because I do find that to be quite interesting 
So this show, obviously the Korean drama came out in 2018 and it was based off a, well, sort of based or inspired by a Korean movie. So the Korean movie was called, just look it up, was called Untold Scandal. And that came out in 2003. And that one was set in Joseon era, Korea. And obviously it's been updated to be set in modern times, Seoul, um, in the TV show. But the Korean movie Untold Scandal was actually based on a whatever century, I have no idea, really old school French novel from the, I'm going to say, Seven, I don't know, Marie Antoinette actually read it. So that might give you an idea of how old that French novel is. And the French novel is called, I can't speak French. Um, that's not what it's called. It's called Les Liaisons Dangerousus. Um, I'm sure that's terrible. So basically the English translation of that is Dangerous Liaisons, which you've probably heard of. It has inspired so many films, operas, ballets, books, television, radio, stage shows, like fucking everything in history. Um, And so this particular old school French novel was turned into a 1999 American film, super famous, called Cruel Intentions, which I think probably a lot of listeners have heard of, even if you maybe, you know, didn't watch it. I don't know. Um, I did watch it. It's a pretty fucking stupid film. <laughs> That's what I'll tell you about that one. It's pretty dumb. Um, but it, you know, it absolutely, it blew up when it came out. You know, it was very edgy and sexy and like, you know, just really... I'm going to say that's all it was. It was just edgy and sexy. (laughs) It was okay, Um, but it was super, super famous. Um, So it's interesting to me that this original French novel has really inspired so many different adaptions. Um, It also inspired a 2012 Chinese movie, which was again transported, obviously the setting to China, but to 1930s Shanghai. Again, really interesting. Um, so this Korean drama is also based on it. I think at the time that it aired or was, you know, the concept was getting knocked around, they kept saying it was going to be based on the Korean movie untold scandal. Um, but realistically, I mean, there's serious cruel intentions vibes to the Korean drama tempted. Like, I think that they're really trying to emulate that cruel intentions edgy sexy thing and I'm not gonna lie to you watching Tempted like they're really trying hard to be sexy and I mean gosh the people in it are gorgeous but the sexy stuff in this show is a fucking cringeworthy like I just I felt so embarrassed I was like all curling up on the couch and I was like no it just made me feel really uncomfortable and I think there's just a cheesiness to all the parts of this when they're trying to be really sexy um particularly you know the main guy the main actor in this is Wudo Hwan um who you know I've talked about so many times on this podcast I love him I absolutely love him he's one of my favorite actors and his character in this is a complete dick like he is the worst human being in the world so it's kind of hard to watch this show and be like I really, I'm cheering you on, Weirdo Juan. I was kind of like, oh, you're horrible. You're a terrible person. And also, you know, obviously it's not Weirdo Juan's fault, but his direction was like, be super sexy all the time. Just be as sexy as you can. And 
it's a bit cringeworthy sometimes. Like I was like, oh no. Um, but I still, I, I just sound like I'm just bagging the shit out of this show. I, I did enjoy it. I, I really did. I just kind of liked it. Uh, I'm not sure if I should have or not, but I did. So there you go. Uh, so that's kind of the history behind it. And I think, you know, I, I, I was next going to go into sort of my overall feelings of the drama, but I do feel like I've probably expressed that already. There's kind of like all the young people's storylines and then there's all the parents' storylines, which again really reminds me of how Gossip Girl was set up with, you know, the parents have all their own set of dramas, um, which I remember when I watched Gossip Girl, I was like, I don't care about any of them. And I did feel very similar in this. Like, I feel like this stars a whole bunch of, you know, young 20 something or like, you know, they're all about 20 years old they're all very directionless. They don't really know what they want to do. They're just still playing petty teen games, even though they're all, you know, in their early twenties and they are all way, way too invested in their parents, like complicated love lines and all the stuff and scandals their parents are involved in. I just wanted to say to all these main characters, like, take a step back. Stop getting involved in your parents' shit. Like you are an adult now. Go act like an adult. Um, But I'll tell you now that they don't act like adults at any point, um, except for perhaps the main female lead, Joy, who is really great in this um, and did act like an adult. So she was a bit of fresh air, I think, in this drama. Um, So next up, I'm going to explain the setup. So this drama really opens on this trio of absolute best friends. Um, They're still in high school and each one clearly comes from a obscenely wealthy family. Um, They've all banded together and their friendship kind of borders on what I would kind of think of as maybe even potentially slightly unhealthy. They obviously all support each other and rely on each other in a way that's even beyond how they rely on their families. And I think this is because all of them kind of come from difficult, broken homes, despite the obscene wealth and obvious privilege of their lives. Um, But the main problem with this trio Uh, is that they are very toxic. They're the kind of people that at high school, they are, you know, the coolest people there. They're always the coolest people in the room. They're the most beautiful people in the room and they know it. And they really do treat other people in a not great way because they know how, you know, beautiful they are, how rich they are, and they really do view themselves as being above others. They have no empathy for other people, and I think they're not afraid to be cruel. Um, so the main character in this whole drama is played by the actor Wudo Huan, who I love. <laughs> so he plays a dude called Quan Shihan. So Quan Shi. Quan Shihan is, there's no leader of this little trio at all. He's just one of the prongs, trio prong. Hmm. Um, He's, he's probably, uh, I don't even know how to describe him actually. Like at the start of this drama, he is an unbelievable asshole, 
But when it comes to his friends, he's loyal as hell and will do anything for them. He will die for them. It's pretty clear. So the other two people in this little trio of friends is um, a young girl played by the actress Moon Ga Young, who must be one of the most beautiful people on the planet. Like she is gorgeous. Um, she plays a character called Suji. And also another character called Seju, played by Kim Min Jae, who just keeps popping up in everything lately. Um, so I guess I'll talk a bit about Suji. She is unbelievably beautiful and quite emotionally broken. She has these like dramatic attacks, I suppose, where she, you know, smashes a glass and grips it in her hand and makes her hand bleed and practically passes out from emotion all the time. And like, she's had a, a difficult time. Like I think her dad's in prison and her mom's trying to take over the private hospital that her family owns and, you know, all this kind of shit. But at the same time, Suji's that girl that perhaps some listeners may know, you know, from real life, I certainly did a lot, um, particularly when I was younger. And, you know, life is very heightened emotion when you are a teenager. And you sometimes come across people that don't seem to like drama, but also seem to really create it a lot. Like there's always something happening and it's always big and it's always distressing. Um, and I think that, you know, sometimes drama is not someone's fault. They can't really help it. They might be a bit of a magnet for it. There's nothing they can really do. But sometimes you do meet these people who create problems for themselves and then react, you know, in really overblown melodramatic ways that create more problems for themselves. And Suji, she is really like that in this drama. Like I swear that three quarters of the shit that happens in this show, like three quarters of the actual plot is just driven by her being like, I'm going to stir shit up for no reason at all. And then I'm going to cry about it and get really upset about it. Um, so she's the kind of character that realistically... I should sort of hate. I should sort of hate her. She should be annoying. She should be boring. She should be stupid. And somehow I think the actress Moon Ga Young does a really, really good job of, you can see who Suji is. Like you totally understand that she is someone who's creating these problems for herself, that she's completely self-destructive, that she is destroying the people around her and that her friendship with them as well as herself. Um, she's overly dramatic and melodramatic and all she really needs to do is take a step away from it all and start concentrating on herself and making a better life for herself. Like all these things are such negative parts of her personality. And, and, you know, you can completely see that as a watcher of the drama. And yet I didn't find her frustrating or annoying. Like it's almost that sort of fantasy viewing of a show in, in the reason I think why dramas about super rich kids uh, are so famous, you know, super rich kids with super rich kid problems who create drama, like these kind of shows are so popular. They, they've been popular for many, many years. And I think part of Suji's appeal in this is how she fits so well into that stereotype, I suppose. Um, 
there's something about it that's slightly addictive to watching someone be that way. And I just, I can't even quite explain that to myself because it's something that I really have no tolerance for in real life and um, certainly no, no time for in real life. And yet when it comes to the fantasy of watching it on screen, I didn't find her frustrating and I think she really could have been annoying in this drama. She could have even been a true like villain. And I don't think she is like, I think somehow to me anyway, um, she remains quite likable throughout the drama, even though realistically she's causing all the problems and she's an absolutely terrible, cruel person. So I think part of that might be Moon Ga-young's performance. She's just you know, she has this brittleness and fragility to her, but somehow I liked her. Even when she was being so utterly cruel, she was interesting, I suppose. Um, so she's sort of the, like a big part of this trio of friends and, uh, Kim Min Jae's character, Seju, Seju, um, I might just call him Kim, Kim Min Jae's character because Seju is very close to Suji and I have no idea why they named two characters who always share the same scene, Suji and Seju, like it's so similar. Um, but Kim Min Jae's character, he's, you know, he's a real womanizer and he just smiles all the time and acts like, you know, real devil may care kind of thing. But also his, he gets bashed up at home like all the time, but because he kind of just laughs it off, it's like his friends just laugh it off. Everyone just laughs it off. And I'm like, dude, that's, that's not good. Like you out of all your friends, you have a legitimate problem in your life. And he's the only one who's not making a big deal out of his dramas and just getting on with shit and, you know, getting on with every woman ever. Um, so it was kind of weird. I don't feel like that ever really got kind of explored Kim Min Jae's character in this drama. He's very much more of a side character. He just turns up because he's completely in love with um, Suji, uh, played by Moon Ga Young. So yeah, he's completely in love with her. He wants to be with her. Um, and although it's not clear at the beginning of the drama, slowly you begin to understand that um, Suji and Quan Shihan, played by Wu Huan, have a thing going. But they've got a thing going that is the kind of thing that neither of them have really acted on. Um, Shihan did back in you know early days of high school. He really kind of expressed himself to Suji that he liked her, that he was serious about her. Um, but Suji is so afraid of change and of losing the friendships that she has in her life that she is just incapable of expressing how she feels. And really this drama is about Suji only waking up to the fact that yes, she's in love with Shihan when it is way, way too late and she's already kind of destroyed him. And then she reacts to that emotion of realizing there's something she wants that she can't have by consistently destructively destroying it further and her relationship with Shihan and her relationship with Kim Min Jae's character with everybody basically so she's so destructive um so the main male lead Kwon Shihan he is also a total womanizer there's a lot of really cringy scenes in the first few episodes where he's like being super sexy and hitting on all these people and I was just like oh no I don't like it it's really embarrassing <laughs> um so yeah and I guess it takes a while to really understand that 
him and Suji, there really is something between them. Um, but I guess this trio of characters, they live their lives by ignoring their true emotions, like ignoring the proper true things that are happening, which I guess is Kim Min Jae's character getting bashed up at home. And is this um, undercurrent of feeling an emotion um, between Shihan and Suji, like it gets ignored. And what they do is they play games. They play manipulative games with each other on a small scale and with everyone around them. And the plot of this drama is convoluted it's ridiculous. Uh, it's kind of based, you know, on the whole cruel intentions thing of a bet to seduce, you know, a young, innocent woman. Um, but really the kind of core reason behind the bet in this drama, like to me, frankly, doesn't barely even make any sense. But what kind of kicks it off is that Suji is, she's dating this older guy who's sort of an heir to a fairly large something I don't really know and he's treating her real nice and driving her around in his sports car and giving her flowers and then they all go the trio of friends plus this dude um oh no so she goes on a date with this dude and he just basically treats her like an utter piece of shit says that he's only dating her because her mother set it up and he's actually found someone better to date and marry now who's you know owns a bigger company than what suji does but what he really does is he completely and utterly humiliates her in front of his friends like it is it's disgusting like you feel it's atrocious the way that he treats her and Suji is, she's not going to take that, um, but she's not the kind of person who's going to do something outright about it straight away. What she's going to do is go and plan the cruelest thing in the world. And what she goes and plans makes barely any sense because later on, um, the trio of best friends are at like this big boring function for like their parents and Suji's mother at this event announces that she's going to marry Shihan's dad. And then suddenly everything just goes really bonkers and these two young people are like, oh no, our world's ending, like our parents getting married. And I guess maybe what I think the drama is trying to do is that it really brings up this sort of um, pushed down and ignored emotion between them that maybe they would end up together. Maybe they're going to properly express their feelings and be together. But if maybe if their parents are together, they're not allowed to be together. I don't really understand why. Like, I guess it's weird for step siblings to like get together. That's weird, but it's not weird if you're in your twenties when your parents get married and you already knew each other and were already in love, right? Like, so I couldn't really understand, I guess the core motivation behind everything in this drama kicking off. And it's just like, crying and just for episodes of like drama over the fact that their parents are getting married um and their parents are really like I think on um Suji's mum's side there's a bit of like maybe romantic feelings but on Shihan's asshole dad's side it's really just a business transaction like he's having an affair with somebody else so like there's no real emotion there um but Suji is like to the point where she is so intense about the fact that their parents are getting married and doesn't want it to happen that she's literally at a point where she's about to slit her wrist like she is she is intense <laughs> she cannot handle it and I guess even that level of drama that stems out of this this marriage thing I'm just like why like 
you know, these, these young people, they're all 20 by this point, they're out of high school. Um, you know, she's at university, they have a lot of money, and they have that money at their disposal. It's, it's not like their, their credit cards are getting cancelled, like, they could literally go and buy an apartment in Paris and study overseas and just be together. So, you know, it was really hard for me to probably relate. So that's why I think with this drama, um, you know, it is a real turn your brain off or for me at least because I couldn't really understand why everyone felt so like hyper intense about this thing that was happening. I couldn't help just feel like if you guys want to be together, just go be together. But instead, Suji is like practically, she's just having an absolute emotional meltdown and Shihan's really sad about it. And um, she sort of like, I think they make a sort of comment to each other, like, why don't we get married before our parents do? And then they can't. And again, I'm like, well, why can't they? Because, you know, no one's actually related to each other. So like, Anyway, I didn't really get it. It doesn't really matter. I think the whole thing about the plot in this drama is that it doesn't really matter at all. Um, so anyway, uh, they go to this like, you know, this convention thing where this big marriage thing gets announced and Suji sees that horrible old date of hers um, who completely humiliated her hidden on a scholarship student who's just won a big scholarship for university played by the actress Joy who I know is a idol so she's um, from the k-pop world she plays a character called Taehee. Uh, I've never seen Joy in a drama before she's like she's very, 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 very beautiful. And she's beautiful in such like a kind of round cheeked, fresh, young way. Like she's just like radiating youth. Um, she's so appealing in this, like she's absolutely beautiful to watch. And I really, I really liked her in this. So anyway, she is, you know, she's good. She's a good girl. She does good things. She volunteers her time at an old folks home and she's just a good person who never does anything mean ever. So instead of Suji deciding that this ex-date of hers who humiliated her should get fucking destroyed she decides to fucking destroy innocent joy because her horrible ex-date is showing interest in joy in joy's character tehi so that's convoluted and again doesn't make sense and suji is just she's so fucking dogged about it she's like i'm gonna destroy this you know young innocent girl who never did anything wrong to anyone let alone me and doesn't even know who i am um, so she decides to destroy her by getting her, you know, the guy that she's kind of in love with, uh, Quan Shihan, to go and fucking hit on Taehee, Joy's character Taehee. So hit on her, sleep with her, get her to fall in love with him and then cruelly like dump her. And I'm like, Suji, why does that make you happy to destroy someone who's innocent? Let the boy who fucked you up just be happy on his way and he won't even know anything about it or care because he's not actually dating Tehi. He just smiled at her once at a function. And you're also setting loose the guy that you're in love with and asking him, betting him, goading him on to sleep with someone else and someone else who's like, you know, quite attractive and really nice. And like, there's a little bit of danger there, but I, I, it just makes no sense. But Suji and Shihan make a bet. And the bet is that 
because uh, he's the one who kind of suggested about them getting married and she's all like no no we can't but you don't really know why she's saying that or what's going on inside her her melodramatic head um but the bet is that if he can you know get with um Tehi, joy's character and date her and sleep with her and get Tehi to love him and then dump her cruelly then shihan will be allowed to marry suji so that was weird it's all very weird they keep this crazy nonsensical bet a secret from seju um well they they keep the like the what the winner gets like that they keep the marriage shit secret and then the rest of it they just say to seju help us destroy this completely innocent young woman who never did anything mean to anybody and seju kim and jay's character is like sure i'll help you fuck that girl up why not um so that's basically the setup of the drama and then um everything just gets sillier more overdramatic um and like really convoluted and the parents there's like there's affairs there is um car crashes there's hit and runs there's um like corporate espionage there's older ladies getting with younger men there's some other family where they're trying to force their kid to get married to someone like it it's all bonkers and also all the parent stuff i was just like i'm tuning out <laughs> i didn't really care um but i did kind of like the main characters and by like i mean i didn't like them but i just liked watching them i suppose so that's the setup of tempted or the great seducer So now before I end this review, I just wanted to kind of go through a list of the things that I liked about this drama and the things that I didn't like about the drama. Um, so one of the, uh, there's no order to these. These are completely random. <laughs> All right. So one of the things I really liked about Tempted was obviously the beauty on screen. I think it's, it's such an aesthetic kind of drama. And I think part of the kind of allure of watching a show like this is this alternative world of rich, young, really attractive people living their shiny shimmering lives but of course underneath the veneer of that surface is all these emotionally broken people from terrible home lives and you know all these kind of problems um so you know i find that just as addicting i think as the next person and it's why these kind of shows will always be popular because it's a window into this kind of world that most people in, you know, around the world don't really have access to, you know, these aren't the lives that most people are living. It's definitely not the kind of life I'm living. And I think there's something just alluring about the fantasy of it and, you know, the beauty of it to see that on your screen. Like it's, it's fun, I suppose. Um, so the next thing was, you know, I really like the fact, <laughs> I like the fantasy of it and, I kind of maybe was in the right mood for a turn your brain off kind of drama. Um, I'm not always, sometimes I hate that, but you know, particularly when I'm very stressed out, um, I don't mind just putting on something and kind of zoning out and kind of following along with a plot, but kind of not because it's so stupid, but just, you know, just enjoying like the aesthetics of it and some of the scenes. So I think that that was quite appealing about this show. 
Um, so another thing I really liked was Joy. I really liked her character of Taehee. I didn't like, so she's the one who's getting seduced by Wudo Hwan's character. I didn't like everything about Taehee. I think um, there are some elements of her personality that I kind of wished hadn't been that way um like she's very good she's you know maybe a little bit too good but then right when I was starting to feel that she was too much of like you know a perfect goody two-shoes kind of person that was too good to be true she'd kind of um turn around and say something that really showed she had a strong backbone or really push back against um Shihan who's you know trying to hit on her and um she had these moments that I just really liked her and really liked who she was and quite often because she really gets wrung out with emotions throughout this drama like she's treated very very cruelly and I really really liked quite often the vulnerability that she showed in those moments how willing she was to wear her heart on her sleeve and if she felt hurt she was willing to say I feel hurt like you hurt me and she was very honest about her emotions um which was must have been very hard for her, I think, you know, to strip yourself bare that way, but was also very, I really liked it, I guess. Like I found that quite inspiring how honest she was and not just with herself, but with external parties. Like she wasn't embarrassed, you know, if someone did something mean to her and she felt hurt and it made her cry, she didn't feel embarrassed to express that. And I found that a bit fascinating. And I feel like that's the mark of somebody that's very, very strong and very sure and confident about who they are. You know, she wasn't second guessing herself. She was like, you did something wrong. You hurt me. This is how I feel about it. And I really liked that. Um, so there was a lot of moments throughout the drama where she shows a lot of inner strength and I think emotional strength that I really, really enjoyed. Um, and I liked her. She's the kind of human being you're like, yeah, I could be friends with someone like that. Um, she's also, you know, the actress Joy is very beautiful. Um, and I think she did a really, really good job in this drama. Like she was a joy to watch. Ha ha. No pun intended. I think I did intend to make a pun just then. So yeah, I, I really, really liked her. Um, another thing I really liked, as I've said already, was Suji. So played by the beautiful Moon Ga-young. I think I didn't really like her character, but I did like watching her. You know, I watched all her scenes. Um, she's, you know, I didn't really connect with her emotionally because I felt like she was always reacting too over the top to everything. Um, but I did enjoy watching her and I don't know, I feel like a lot of that probably isn't really the writing and might be more about the performance by Moon Ga-young, who I think was given the kind of character role that could have been unbelievably frustrating that could have been so annoying that could have had me like throwing shit at her at the tv but instead you know it's it's a kind of role that the actress doesn't walk away with like a stain on her because she played an unlikable character like yes the character is unlikable but I enjoyed watching that unlikable character and I think so much of that is through the strength of Moon Ga Young's performance in that she's quite fun you know like she's beautiful to look at she wears amazing clothes she's yes she's over the top but she's good fun um, so I liked her. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I really liked the ending big emotional climax of this show. So 
Weirdo Huan's character, Quan Shi Han, you know, he just goes along with what Suji's told him to do and he goes and starts hitting on Untehi. He starts hitting on her, turning up everywhere that she is and really just sort of like being really flirty and making it very clear that he is into her. And because Tehi is a she's a good person and I think she's the kind of person that is going to presume that the people around her have the same kind of good intentions that she does she believes that he is genuine about his feelings um and it's quite painful to watch because you know that he is a complete asshole and he's not genuine at all and it's painful to see him hit on her and say lovely things to her and then walk away and laugh about it with his friends because immediately you like Tehi. She's a very likable character and you don't want to see her get humiliated and hurt and crushed. Um, but I really, really, the thing I really liked is as painful as all of that is watching Shihan kind of fuck her over, like be really cruel at different points throughout the drama. At the very, very end, Taehee finds out the truth. She finds out that when he first approached her, Shihan totally had an agenda and he didn't like her at all. He was not even remotely interested in her. He, he just, you know, he in his own mind thought of her like a little speck of dust on his shoe, like something to just brush off and not think about ever again. And obviously that it kills her to find this out because by this point she is just irretrievably completely and utterly in love with him like so in love with him and she just doesn't even know how to back away from that and it crushes her to find out that he was lying that it was fake you know all these things that she feels like she loves about him she doesn't even know if they were real moments between them or if he was faking. And what's interesting about this big climax at the end is she also is fully aware that even though their relationship started out as fake and he totally, you know, was faking it with her and just had an agenda, like she also knows that throughout the length of their relationship, he fell in love with her. And by the point of her finding out the truth, she knows without a doubt that he's completely and utterly in love with her. But it doesn't make it any better. And that's what I really liked. I think in a lot of shows or in a lot of stories, um, the female lead would find out that he'd been fucking her over at the beginning, but then his excuse would be, but I didn't know, I didn't know you. I didn't realize that I would fall in love with you. And then he would be like, but now I'm genuinely in love with you. And then she would find that moving and believe him and be like, oh, I really hate that this happened, but all right, you're in love with me now. I will be satisfied with that. Whilst in this show, she is 100% knows already that he's in love with her right now. She knows it for a fact. So when she finds out this thing, it just skews her whole vision of him. And he is left without a single excuse to use. Um, and I, that's what I really liked. I think usually these kind of stories... The male leads always has this excuse of, oh, but I love you now. Don't worry. I love you now. And it really stripped him bare of being able to say that. And all he can do is stand in front of her as she tells him, you know, honestly, how upset and just ruined she is. And all he can do is stand there and cry. He can't make an excuse. He knows that he was evil. Like, I mean, I hate that word evil, but he was, you know, what he did was so terrible, so awful, and so just inutterably cruel. And he can't deny it. And he has no excuse for doing it at all. And I really liked that because 
it's really hard to watch at the start of the drama as he really plays around with her. You know, he really, all these trio of friends really manipulate people and they're so cruel and they laugh about it all behind people's backs. And because you like Taehee so much, it's very, very hard to watch. Um, but then at the end, you really feel like, I guess, Kwon Shi Hyun really does get a comeuppance. Like he really does receive a punishment or you know, gets lost in the consequences of his actions. And I think that that kind of enables me to feel really satisfied about the fact that, yes, I had to sit through quite a lot of early scenes in their romance that made me feel really uncomfortable because I really, really hated the fact that he wasn't being genuine, but she thought that he was. Like, I hate that so much. And it really made me feel satisfied that he didn't get away with that even a little bit. By the time she finds out, it it's so painful to him what he's done. He loathes himself for what he's done and as he should, you know, and I really like that he didn't get away with it at all. So, that whole scene was really great. And then on top of the fact that she just dumps him and walks away, Tehi just walks away from him and is like, I fucking never want to see you ever again. You have broken my heart. And she's like, you know, yes, she loves him, but he did this thing to her. So how could he be this person that she thought she loved if he did that? Like it's ruined how she looks at him. And, you know, Shihan can do nothing except stand there and cry. But then what happened the next, which I also liked, even though we're getting back into the super dramatic territory, is that, you know, that original ex date of Suji's, who was the initial like trigger, I suppose, for this whole manipulative bet and game because he humiliated Suji and dumped her, he finds out that they've also been playing with him and his sort of different relationships and his life as well. And there's this scene where everyone kind of comes together and this horrible dude is kind of yelling at them for, you know, saying he's a victim and they've fucked him up. And it's interesting because you hate him because he's a terrible person, but he's not wrong. You know, this trio of friends, they, what they've done is like, it's almost illegal. Like, I mean, it is illegal, I guess. It's like fraud. They've been pretending to be things they're not and, and really manipulate in people's lives. And I just really enjoyed that there were consequences to those actions. Um, the consequences are really like over the top bonkers because basically this evil ex-date guy of Suji's, um, you know, turns up with a couple of goons and just bashes the fuck out of Shihan to the point where they whack him on the head with like a golf bat thing. And he ends up in hospital in a fucking coma. So like, he really does have to pay for his actions. Um, but it also enables Taehee to, I guess, forgive him because he really does receive punishment for what he's done. He doesn't get away with it. So she's able to sort of, I guess, get some closure in her heart. Um, and then, of course, there's like a, a fucking five year time skip. Whoa. Um, so, yeah, I really enjoyed all that. The other thing I really enjoyed in this drama, which I found very, very interesting, and I guess it's. It's very unusual for Korean dramas, but I guess it happened in this one because of all, you know, it's supposed to be really sexy. So because of that, we've got these really womanizing dudes. So it's very obvious from the start that, you know, they are sexually active, I suppose. And that's something that, you know, like I've been watching Itaewon class um, lately and there's this scene where Park So Joon's character is supposed to be like, I don't know if he's supposed to be 29 or like 32 at this point in the drama. And he's like, oh, I've never kissed anybody. And I'm like, what the fuck, Park So Joon? 
June. How have you never kissed anybody? Like you are a grown up human being. Um, and this happens in K-dramas all the time. You've got and I know that happens in real life too. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But in K-dramas, it happens to people that you're like, no, that's, it's just not realistic. Um, that that would be something that had happened. Like, um, so yeah, I, I, I just find it happens all the time that you have people who've never even kissed anyone and they're, you know, older, I suppose. Um, and like I said, if that's in real life, I think that's completely 100% fine. But it's just, I think the way that it's portrayed in Korean dramas is just so unrealistic. Um, so the thing I really liked about this drama is when Shihyun and Taehee, they kind of go on this little trip together. And by this point, Shihyun is keeping his relationship with Taehee a secret from his two completely evil, toxic friends. Um, and he... Uh, you know, he, he basically expresses that he would like to sleep with her. Like he wants to have sex with Taehee and she admits that she wants to as well. And at this point, like you, I guess the relationship has developed to the point where you understand that they both truly do have feelings for each other. Now she does as well, even though he's not admitting it to anybody else except to Taehee. Um, and it is like, I guess it's a positive sex scene. It's not really seen. You don't see anything, of course, because it's still a K-drama. Um, it's very PG. But I kind of liked it. I just kind of liked that it felt like a natural progression of their relationship because I watch so many Korean dramas where the couple gets together quite early on and they're like, you know, a young couple in their early 20s in Seoul, like very modern. And then, you know, they kiss when they first get together and then they never kiss again and there's like never any talk of sex. And you're just like, well... You know, I get if people, I get it. There's reasons why people don't want to do that in real life, but in dramas, you know, to not even talk about it at all, for it to not even be a potential possibility in their relationship just feels really unrealistic. And I think um, just not exactly how I would imagine that relationship would play out. Like, I feel like there would at least be discussion of it if people didn't want to do it. So I did really like um, that kind of positive depiction of it in terms of a modern relationship in this K-drama. And I found that really, really unusual. Um, and I also liked that when afterwards, you know, sometimes I guess Taehee, you know, she slept with him now. And then for the rest of the drama, it isn't really thrown in her face, I suppose, like other than the fact that it hurts her heart. She really gave her everything to this guy and he turns around and fucks her up later. But other than that, like I felt like no other characters kind of, you know, pulled a slutty thing or, you know, kind of called her anything bad. And I really liked, again, it felt like a positive depiction where there weren't any consequences to Taehee for doing that, um, which I really, really liked. Um, and then I guess the other thing, that I liked about this drama was probably particularly in how um, Shihyun's feelings change. You know, he's so mean at the start of this drama and what he does to Taehee when he first approaches her and hits on her is really awful. And there's this scene he started to, I think he started to really truly like her um, and enjoy spending time with her. And it's because she's not a fucking toxic moron like his other two friends, realistically. <laughs> and he ends up going on a trip with Taehee, but with his two friends as well. And Suji really just gets her teeth out and into Taehee. Like she really starts ripping her apart and being very cruel um, while they're all having dinner. And Shihan is unable to stand up for Taehee and even to the point where he attacks her a bit as well. And 
it was a point in the drama. It's not that I liked it because I didn't like it happening because I like Tae and don't want to see her getting hurt, but I did like it because I felt like it really explained to me why Shihan is going along with this completely daft bet. He's I think spent so long being so dependent on Suji and Seju in his life. He literally has no one else. And they their friendship through I think probably no one's fault exactly has just turned so toxic. It's like they're living in their own world where no one matters except them and they can treat anybody like shit. Um, and he's really unable to break free. Like he's unable to go against Suji. And I think that probably comes from so many years of being quietly and secretly in love with her as well. And now that he's sort of met someone new, who's just nice, who's someone who isn't manipulating him or playing games with him, someone who's just kind to him he's really changing and wanting to I guess gravitate towards that warmth and that kind of nice life that he's realized is actually really easy to have you know but uh, yeah I just really liked the scene because I think it really highlighted this toxic manipulative thing that's going on between Shihan and Suji and how absolutely caught up in it he is like I think all three of the trio are like desperately caught in this weird toxic thing that they've created themselves but I think Shihan is really trying hard to break free and you can see in that scene how hard that is for him to go against this grain that these three have created for themselves and I guess that is all about that's Suji's problem throughout the whole drama is that she is completely and utterly incapable of breaking free from this you know toxic cycle that they've created for themselves so those are all the things that I really liked. I'm going to be really quick with the stuff that I didn't like because I feel like I'm really <laughs> running over time. Uh, I didn't like any of the parent stuff. Um, I didn't care about any of them. There's all this like affairs and is he my son? Is he not my son? Like just, you know, normal drama shit. And I was like, eh, I don't care. I really, as I said before, hated at the beginning of this drama when Shihan is hitting on Taehee and she thinks he's genuine and he isn't. There's a scene, you know, when they first kiss and I've seen so many pictures of this kiss all over the internet, like, oh, isn't it romantic? And I'm like, fuck no, that is not romantic. He even does this thing where he like hits on her and then you can see, like, I guess you get a voiceover in his head that he's counting down before he kisses her because he knows, you know, what works on women or whatever. I don't fucking know, but it's not genuine in any way. So their first kiss, which is supposed to be romantic and gets flashed back to a lot throughout the drama, like, ooh, look at that romantic kiss, is not. He is, he feels nothing. He is being cruel. He's being so cruel. I hated it. Um, there is a scene that I fucking hated and couldn't watch, but also is hilarious and probably you should watch. Um, so Kim Min Jae's character, Seju, is supposed to be, you know, the super hot womanizer. He can just get anybody. So he wants to get, so he's always like, you know, uh, it's really embarrassing. But so there's this scene <laughs> where he needs to get some secret information from a maid of this big rich household. He needs to know something she knows. And she's Chinese and he speaks Chinese to her and kind of says, oh, can you tell me this secret? And she's like, she starts crying or some shit. And she's like, oh, like I miss my, I don't know, her husband, her lover back home, who's a dancer or some shit. And if he could dance for her, that she'll tell him the secret like it fucking makes no sense and so there's this scene that just like it 
was too much for me of um Kim Min Jae like he's wearing like a wife beater like a, a white singlet a white tight singlet and he's like I don't know he's like doing some like Latin dancing with his hips on the street like it's so embarrassing I nearly died <laughs> it was really cringy like it's so cringy I uh, I couldn't handle it, but I'm not good with that stuff. But also I do um, kind of promote you watching it because it's it's funny as well. And I really like the actor Kim Min Jae. I think he's very good, but I felt sorry for him when I saw that scene. <laughs> all right. So the next thing I didn't like was all these three characters, um, they have a den, which they constantly are like hanging out in because they're all so super rich that they get to hang out in this big super rich den all the time. But then, you know, they're complaining about their parents nonstop, even though they could just all fucking move away but anyway the den is ugly as fuck like it's so yucky it's like I don't know what it is it looks a bit 80s a bit neon a bit opulent um anyway it's it's not great uh I really really hate there is a scene after Shihan has started falling in love with Taehee he realizes that I don't know that his mum hit her with his car or something I don't really know but you know there's this big secret problem that he can't tell her about and he feels like if she knows if Taehee knows she'll never forgive him so because he needs to break up with her because of this problem he decides to go along with Suji and Seju's absolutely bonkers idea that they'll call Taehee out to a really rich swanky lounge and then in front of everybody Shihan will cruelly dump Taehee and he fucking does it like he's so mean and he's just like I never loved you you're so awful I hate you blah 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 let's break up and she's just like what the fuck like last minute we were just having a really nice time together I think this is after they've slept together too so it's like oh it's awful and then um I hated it and I hated him for doing it. But then really soon afterwards, Tehi's just like, she she forgives him. Like there is a reason behind why he did it and he's very emotional and they get back together. But if I was her, I'd been like, I get why you broke up with me because you feel like there's this problem, but why the fuck were you so mean about it? Like he was really cruel about it. It was, it was very unnecessary and I really hated that she forgived him for that so easily. I felt like, you know, this is one of those moments where I felt like there was no consequences to him being so mean. I don't mind when characters do really unlikable things, but I need to see something happen as a reaction to that. So I didn't like that at all. Um, although, of course, we get a nice big consequences showdown later in the drama, which is great. Um, there is... Okay, so there's a kind of a theme throughout this drama, which I think is really sort of comes back to Taehee's relationship with Shihan, but also really is supposed to be reflective of her parents' relationship. So the idea is Taehee doesn't believe in love, but she totally does because she falls for Shihan like at the drop of a hat. That was another thing I didn't like. I wish she had pushed back against him for a lot longer than she does. She really sinks into this romance quite quickly. And that made me feel sad for her because I knew he wasn't being real. But Taehee's supposed aversion to love is because her parents are divorced and her dad is in love with her mom, but her mom was having an affair and just doesn't feel the same way about the dad. And I think Taehee hates her mother with a passion because her mother doesn't love her dad as much as her dad loves her mom. So there's this whole theme of, I guess, 
I wasn't really sure, to be honest. I wasn't sure what that theme was meant to be, but I could tell while I was watching this drama that it all came back to that relationship. But I couldn't tell what the drama was trying to say. And then I guess, you know, she hates her mother so much for it. And then in the end, I guess Taehee sort of falls into a relationship that's similar in that she loves Shihan more than Shihan loves her. And that's how it feels to her throughout the course of their relationship because he's so hot and cold and he's always like breaking up with her and being mean to her or playing games with her. And, um, but I wasn't really sure what the theme was until the very last episode where she kind of forgives her mom and is sort of like, I forgive you for not loving dad as much as he loves you, I guess. I guess people don't really have control over their hearts and how they feel about other people. And I think that was the theme. And I think I kind of felt weird about it. Like, I thought it was kind of funny that the drama was trying to say, like, if you are madly in love with someone and they treat you like a piece of shit, oh, well, there's nothing you can do about that because you can't control your heart. And I was like, well, I mean, to a certain extent, you can't help who you fall in love with. Like, that's true. You can't help how you feel about things. But at the same time, if someone is treating you terribly or doesn't love you back the way that you love them, that is a really unhealthy relationship. And there are things you can do, you know? And I guess Tehi's dad has walked away from that marriage and is trying to live his life. But yeah, I just thought it was kind of a weird theme in a way. Like, even if that relationship's super destructive, if you love them, then keep going with it. I don't know. So yeah, that's it. The other thing I didn't like was the general dumbness of a lot of the plot. Um, (laughs) So in saying all that, should you watch it? Well, I don't know. (laughs) Probably depends on the kind of dramas you like and how you feel about all that crap that I just said. Um, I enjoyed it. I I really did. I just enjoyed it. Like I have a really low tolerance for things I don't enjoy. I've noticed over the last maybe year or so or a couple years probably. So if I'm not like really feeling something like some level of interest in a drama, I, I can't really watch it. Like, you know, there's so many dramas out there. I'd rather try another first episode or, and try and find something that I'm going to connect with more. And even though I didn't feel like I connected hugely with the show, like there was elements about it that I really liked and there was things about it I really liked. And I just really liked the fantasy of it. And it's just, you know, it it was escapism, I suppose, for me, maybe through a really busy, overwhelming time in terms of my workload in real life. It was a real escapism kind of thing. And I guess that's just what I needed right then. So I'd be really interested if anyone else has watched it, how they feel about it. Um, Maybe you loved it. I don't know. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. That's how I felt about it. Um, I don't know if I can recommend it, but I, I don't think I'd warn people off either. So that's it from me. And it's ridiculously long discussion about The Great Seducer, also known as Tempted, the 2018 Korean drama. So now it's time for my random thing of the week. Uh, It's quite random, but it's also not random because it's very related to the Korean drama Tempted. Um, While I was watching that show, I just kept coming back to these two songs that have lyrics that just, to me, 
like captured the overall feeling of this drama to such a strong extent. So I just wanted to, I guess, read out some of these lyrics and talk about that. So one of them is a Frank Ocean song, which is super famous. So perhaps some listeners will have heard it. It's called Super Rich Kids. Um, Every time, like I was watching all these idiotic rich kids in this drama, I just kept thinking about these lyrics. So the lyrics are... The maids come around too much, parents ain't around enough. Too many joy rides in daddy's Jaguar, too many white lies and white lines. Super rich kids with nothing but loose ends, super rich kids with nothing but fake friends. So to me, that is exactly, you know, that is Shihan in this drama. That is his toxic relationship with his friends. That is his terrible fractured relationship with his dad. And, you know, like the, the character Suji, you see her in this, you know, white princess room and the maid brushing her hair for her. Like it's completely insane. Um, but there you go. And then the other song that really kept coming to mind while watching this drama was absolutely kind of wound around Joy's character, Tehi. So there is this beautiful old jazz song called Blame It On My Youth. Um, I heard a different version, but originally it was also, I think, sung by Nat King Cole, who is amazing. I love Nat King Cole. Um, So this song, Blame It On My Youth, is... It could just be word for word exactly Tehi's experience in this drama. So I'm going to read a few of these lyrics because I think they're very beautiful and really capture that character. If I expected love when first we kissed, blame it on my youth. If only just for you I did exist, blame it on my youth. I believed in everything, like a child at three. You meant more than everything, all the world to me. If you were on my mind all night and day, blame it on my youth. If I forgot to eat and sleep and pray, blame it on my youth. If I cried a little bit when first I learned the truth, don't blame it on my heart, blame it on my youth. I think it's such a sad song, like it's such beautiful lyrics and it's a beautiful song, Um, but... It really, really reminds me of Tehi's character. You know, she just is so straightforward. She wears her heart on her sleeve. She's just not afraid to be vulnerable and be honest with how she feels. And she's also completely and utterly duped by somebody who is manipulative and world-weary and doesn't care. And it's very sad. I'm really glad that she got a happy ending in the end. I am really glad about that. So it's clear that somehow this drama did creep into my emotions. Otherwise I wouldn't care, would I? So I hope you enjoyed those two weird lyric things, (laughs) random things.